السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدان الله اللهم صلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد مفتاح باب رحمة الله عدد ما في علم لا صلاة والسلام دائمين بدوام منك الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه وأشهد أنه الله الذي لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله واحدا ورب شاهدا ونحن له مسلمون وأشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وكرة عيوننا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله الله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهر على الدين كله ولو كره المشركون أما بعد يا عباد الله إني مسيكم ونفسي إياي بتقوى الله الحمد لله as we gather on this blessed day of Juma and we remind ourselves of what is truly important to be people of taqwa and taqwa is the greatest zad it is the greatest provision of all whereby which we prepare for the meeting with our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala and we know that our concept of taqwa has an outward dimension just as it has an inward dimension. It relates to what we do with our limbs just as it relates to what it is that we do with our heart. And our Prophet ﷺ has brought us comprehensive guidance that touches upon every aspect of the human being. Everything that it is that we need to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a good state and to be accepted by His presence is found in the teachings of our Blessed Prophet And we know from among his various teachings وسلم, is that he taught us in particular about the importance of good character. And he said Indeed that I have only been sent to perfect noble character sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam and when our prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uses innama we translate this as only but it restricts the meaning to what is going to be mentioned after to that very meaning itself and it indicates to us its importance and we find that there are various ways of interpreting the words of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there are layers and various dimensions. And so when he says, we translate this as complete or perfect. But this is a very profound word. And it indicates his mission of guiding us to good character, but it also indicates us to us something very special about the human being that is in line with the deen al-fitrah, this religion that is so aligned with the natural disposition of the human being. In other words, what is indicated by these words of the Prophet وسلم, is that by virtue of our innate disposition, our fitrah, is that we have everything that it is that we need to be successful in this world and the next. But it must arise, i.e. the good in it, in a religious context. And so when our Prophet said these blessed words, it is him saying, 
that He is only bringing out within us what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already placed in us. So what a beautiful way to look at this and how different this is from other religious perspectives is that human beings are born in the state of fitrah with a clean slate. And then of course as we become socialized, as that, our, that inner speech starts to take control, there's a number of things that we're exposed to in all different types of bad habits and bad tendencies and various types of vices. And then the path then is ultimately one of purification. And this is also one of the foundational missions of our Prophet ﷺ is to purify us. And one of the greatest meanings of purification is not only in relation to belief, not only in relation to the various actions that we do outwardly, but it relates to the heart and in particular our character. And by following him وسلم, is that we will learn how to actually have good character. And one of the beautiful things that our scholars have done is as the Islam spread to different places in the world, as they were exposed to the knowledge of the ancients and the neighboring civilizations, is that the scholars of Islam then oftentimes read and scrutinized many of the works that were written in the pre-Islamic period. And because we don't have attention between what is called aql and naql. In reality, there is no tension between the transmitted sciences and the rational sciences. The scholars were very uncomfortable that at some times appropriating and other times naturalizing various types and aspects of knowledge that they found in other traditions. And we see this in a number of different sciences of Islam, but in particular, when it relates to the science of akhlaq, of good character, of virtues, of morality, of ethics. And one of the greatest proponents of this tradition that incorporated that various aspects of ethical traditions, other ethical traditions, is the great Hujjat al-Islam Imam al-Ghazali. But there were, of course, people who before him started this process. But he was the towering crowned figure who furthered it and that set the stage for later scholars to make their contributions as well. And so one of the things that Imam al-Ghazali does in the Ihyulum al-Din is that he lays down a framework whereby which he accepts the concept of the four cardinal virtues that you find in the ancient Greek tradition. And he affirms this reality. And he says that the four cardinal virtues, in the Arabic words that he uses, are al-hikmah, wal-shaja'a, wal-iffah, wal-adl. So hikmah can be translated as wisdom. Shaja'a can be translated as courage. Iffah can be translated as temperance. And adl, of course, can be translated as justice. And then he goes on to describe what he means. And what he does is that relates each one of these cardinal virtues, at least the first three, to various aspects of the human being. And the technical term for that is a faculty. So we have a rational faculty. We have that an irascible faculty. And we have a concupiscent faculty. And these are fancy terms. But what they simply point to is that the human being has an ability to use our intellect our aql, just as part of our reality is that we become angry. And so we have a capacity to become angry. That's the irascible faculty. You could simply call it 
the faculty of anger. And then we also have desires. So we have a faculty that relates to our desires. And the first three virtues relate to balance in each one of these faculties. And then the fourth virtue arises when each one of those first three are balanced in relation to each other, which produces this fourth virtue of justice. And so he goes on to say that what I mean by wisdom is the state of being in the human being, halatan, linafs, that whereby which he perceives truth from falsehood, especially in relation to all of our af'al al-ikhtiyariyya, all of our voluntary actions. And then he says, what I mean by shaja'a, courage is, is that the subjugation of the faculty of anger to the intellect in relation to that everything that it is that we do and how we exercise the anger that we have. And he says, what I mean by ifa, temperance, is the ability within the human being to restrain our faculty of desire and to make sure it is in conformity with the aql, with the intellect, and the sacred law. And he says, then what I mean by justice is the state of being within the human being, whereby which the previous mentioned faculties are balanced in relation to each other. And so what he says is, فَمَنْ اَعْتَدَلَ هَذِي الْأُصُولَ الْأَرْبَعَةَ تَصْدُرَ الْأَخْلَاقَ جَمِيلَ كُلَّهَا When these four virtues are in balance and they arise within a human being, it produces and gives rise to all of the other types of good character, all of the other good traits of character. And so what he means here by imbalance is, each one of these virtues has a way that it is imbalanced by way of excessiveness or remissness. And what we're going to focus on today is the great trait of courage, shaja'a, and that show how that when it's balanced that it leads to other traits of character and when it is that imbalanced that it leads to other destructive vices. But he goes, says that he does go on to say that to the degree that we have realized these great traits in ourselves and that also have exposed ourselves to the others that are a fruit of it is to the degree that we are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And our Prophet was the only one who perfected these character traits in all aspects of perfection. And this is another meaning of our Prophet saying, we said this was a profound statement and there are many ways of looking at it. What this also indicates is that he himself perfected every noble trait of character. And so every good trait of character that existed in any one of the prophets who came before him however many their number really was whether it was 124,000 or more is that every single one of those individual good traits that were in all of them that he manifested in a humanly perfect way, that he reached the pinnacle of that trait in and of his own self, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. And 
that's hard to really know the details of until we know the details of the various types of character traits that exist and then that we see how they relate to the way that the prophets manifested those traits. But this is what the scholars say. And this is what we believe about our Prophet And another way of looking at this is in every single moment, everything that happened to the Prophet every situation that Allah put him in, he responded with ubudiyah in a state of servitude in a way that was most pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is that amazing. And it's only when we understand that reality will we truly understand what it means to have intellect. Because when we refer to intellect in this sense, it's not just the type of intellect that we share with other human beings, some of whom are devoid of iman and devoid of faith. So that if we look at this great trait of shaja'a, of uh, courage is that courage is a state where our faculty of anger is balanced where our faculty of anger anger is subjugated to the intellect and what that means is that it is controlled and directed by the intellect and what we know is that courage is a balance between cowardice on one side when that trait is lacking and recklessness on the other side when it's imbalanced in the other direction. So on one side that there is remissness, on the other side there is excessiveness. And courage is right in the middle. So to that throw yourself without thinking into a situation. Some people might think on the street it, that this is courage. That's not necessarily courage. That courage means that you do what you have to do when it's the right thing to do. So there are prerequisites for something truly to be courage, for it to truly to be considered courage. Just as it is another excess that if there's a time that you have to say something or do something or stand up for something and you fail to do it now that you have erred in the other direction, which is the side of cowardice. But when we have this great trait of courage, Hujjat al-Islam al Ghazali, that points to a number of noble character traits that it gives rise to. And these are some of the most noble traits of all that human beings can adopt. And the first is karam. And that could be translated as nobility, just as it could be translated as generosity. Is that you can't truly be a generous person if you don't know anything about courage. Because it takes courage to give away something that you have now, not knowing and being uncertain about what is going to be replaced in the future. Just as it requires Iman, As-Sadaqatu Burhan. Giving charity is a proof, a proof of your faith that we know that our Prophet taught us is that wealth is not diminished by charity. And when you give out, it is replaced many times over from the bounty of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. But also this trait of Najda. Najda is one of the greatest virtues of the pre-Islamic period that also that carried over into Islam. And what it means is helping people in times of need. In English, intrepidity. But helping people in times of need. When people need help, you're there for them. And you go out of your way, you go out on a limb 
to make sure that you help the one who is in need. And then we have this trait of shahama. And shahama is a, can be translated as manliness, but it really relates to that sticking to our principles just as it combines nobility and being a good person when that it is required for you to be a particular way. Kasr nafs ihtimal. Then these two other traits of that greatness of soul, magnanimity, that being able to literally break yourself and to have a great soul and to be able to that accommodate people's needs and to be able to have patience with people and to overlook their faults and to see the long-term goal of your interactions with them. That kasr nafs and ihtimal, that endurance, literally being able to bear difficulties that come your way in general, but especially that difficulties that come from people. And ihtimal is a beautiful trait. And I remember that being on the back of a truck one time in Mauritania, and what they do is they put all of the luggage in the back of the truck. It was a truck with an open bed, and they put like a net on top of it. And then there's about 15 people, maybe more, sitting on top. And the driver is not driving like he's on a paved road and observing the speed limit. He is weaving through the desert, and you are holding on for dear life. And it just clicked in my mind as I'm holding on to this net. And if you let go, you're going to fall off. And then my hands were not meant to. They're built for holding on to nets. So your hands are red. You're starting to get blisters. That you might even start to have pus come out. You're tired. It's been going on for two hours. But you have no other choice except to hold on to that net. And then it crossed my mind. That's the meaning of ihtimal, of having endurance of being able to bear hardship is that you're going through something difficult but you have no other choice except to remain in control and keep going despite what is happening and when the trait of courage rises within us that it facilitates for us to have this trait just as it facilitates us to have hilm forbearance al-afwan al-maqdira you can lash out, but you refrain. And thabat, steadfastness, suppressing anger, walwaqar, dignity, watawaddud, that endearing ourselves to people, affection. These are, and he says, and others. There's others that, praiseworthy qualities, that stem from courage as well. So this is what he means by it being one of the cardinal virtues is that if we focus on that trait and that it's something that we can do in a very practical way, it's not just a theory, because that we can come to understand our own anger and how it is that we deal with it. And in order for us to truly that have courage, we have to know a little bit about anger and our own faculty of anger and how we control ourselves and to make sure that it is subjugated to our intellect. And then he goes on to say, when it that goes in the direction of excess, there are a number of vices that arise as a result. And he mentions a few of them. The first is salaf, which is a type of arrogance. 
is that when that courage that is imbalanced, there's certain things that we think that our courage, but in reality, we're arrogant, that we might be strutting, we might be looking down upon other people, and we might think that, that manliness means in that constance is to that basically that put people in check and things of this nature. This is far from the prophetic character, salaf, or badakh, which is translated here as conceit. So it's similar in a sense to ujab, where we are that impressed with our own selves and who we are and noticing our own abilities. Or al-istishata, which is a quickness to anger. And that there are times where we just become angry very quickly. And all of us have this problem, every single one of us. And we need to that learn how to be that when we become inflamed, when we are aroused, how do we treat that? How do we deal with that? But if we that don't have this great trait and we don't have balance in relation to this faculty, these are some of the vices that we are going to deal with. And then there are others that relate to that other ways of translating these words that relate to the previous words, but anger, quickness to anger, pride, and vainglory. And then when we are remiss in this trait, it's imbalanced in another direction. There are likewise other vices that surface. And the first is mahana. And this is a type of disgraceful behavior. We act in a way that we shouldn't. We let ourselves that sink to a level that we shouldn't let it sink to. And that's why closely related to this is, is dhillah, a type of self-abasement where we allow ourselves to be humiliated. And the scholars have said, Allah has written humiliation for someone who excessively follows their desires. No matter what desire it is, and there's a hierarchy of them and a long list of them, but ultimately, if it's unbridled, it will lead to us being humiliated. And this is not the way of the believer. Part of us being dignified means that we don't let our desires get the best of us. We have the ability to control ourselves. And then that jaza. And that jaza is a type of panic where we don't have the ability. It's in a sense a the opposite of ihtimal, where we don't have the ability to bear or to endure is that we panic as a result of the situation that we find ourselves in. Khasasa, meanness, just being base and low. And then, sigara nafs. And you could translate this as lack of resolution. So if we think about resolution and how important that is, even in our worldly life, let alone in the spiritual path, is that lack of resolution stems from imbalance in this particular faculty. And then, holding oneself back from doing that which is right and obligatory. That is that we're being remiss in relation to this, uh, this character trait of shaja'a, of courage. Now, if we look at our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, no one 
manifested this trait of character like he did sallallahu alaihi wasallam that no one perfected it like he did sallallahu alaihi wasallam and i want to just focus on one of the beautiful descriptions of what we have in his blessed shama'il and then show how this could relate to every aspect of our life so they describe the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قليل الكلام قليل الحديث The Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم that used to only speak and talk a little قليل الكلام قليل الحديث His words were few and he only spoke a little But then it says فَإِذَا أَمَرَ النَّاسَ بِالْقِتَالِ تَشَمَّرَ if he ordered people to fight, and he would only, of course, order people to fight for noble reasons. What happened? Tashammar. He rolled up his sleeves, and he was ready to go. And he was the most decisive and resolute of all people, sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam. إِذَا أَمَرَ النَّاسِ بِالْقِتَالِ تَشَمَّرَ if he that commanded people that to fight, that he rolled his sleeves up and he was ready to go, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if you look at this beautiful, that trait of his, which of course relates to courage, think about how this relates to every aspect of our lives. It's not a bad thing to be that of few words. Men samata najah, our Prophet taught us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Whoever remains silent will be safe. There's salvation in silence. There's nothing wrong with being soft-spoken. This is how we should be. It's good to be agreeable and to be easy to get along with and so forth and so on. However, that when it comes time for action or we are entering into a domain where now we have to respond to a situation where there's something that we have to do, Natashamar is that we're ready. And if what is at the heart of our being ready for whatever circumstance it is, whether it's an encounter with an individual, whether it's a problem at work, whether it is that seeking sustenance in general, whether it is that going out into public, whatever it is, whether we have to pray on a plane, whatever the situation is, if that courage underlies that response. It is positioning us to that do whatever it is that we have to do in a way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that when we have courage and that we approach the situation in a balanced way, Allah will give us tawfiq. Whatever is happening in that moment, everything is a test. And we are tested when in times of ease, but we forget. We are also we are tested in times of difficulty, but we're also tested in times of ease. And sometimes the tests in times of ease are even more difficult. Lest we forget the blessed statement of the companions. Ubtalina bil hazima fasabarna. We were tried with defeat and we were able to remain patient. Wubtalina bin Nasr Falam Nasbar. Then we were tried with victory, but we were unable to remain patient. 
and this is of course in terms of the maqam of the Sahaba is that no one implemented the teachings of our Prophet like they did but that's how they viewed their own selves so what about the people who come after them when times are easy it's also a test and we have to remember this meaning of tashammar of being ready for everything that comes our way being aware that everything that comes our way is a test and we want to respond to every situation with every individual and every circumstance in a way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what remains for us to then mention are some of the outward manifestations of courage when that trait that resides deep within you there are a number of things that you'll be able to do outwardly we already spoke about the other traits that you will hopefully embody we will hopefully embody as well but one of the great things that happens that when we have courage is that we have the ability to that give out from our wealth to be generous with our wealth with our time and in all of the other meanings of generosity we have the ability to speak the truth we have the ability to remain firm upon our principles even if other people don't like us even if other people want us to compromise our beliefs and we also have the ability to have good character when people wrong us it takes courage to have good character when people wrong us and that is the essence of what good character is good character is not expecting people to act with you the way that you want them to act it's when that they treat you in a way that you don't like that you remain firm and then finally it will enable us to show mercy and that there's no way for us truly to be merciful if we don't embody the great trait of courage may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq and to that bless us with this blessed virtue and bless us with many of the other virtues that stem from it Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadan ashraf al-anbiya wal mursaleen wa ala alihi al-tayyibin al-tahirin wa sahabati al-akrami wa tabi'inna bi ihsani la yawm al-deen wa alayna ma'am wa fiin bi rahmatika ya arhamu al-rahmeen wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu an muhammad al-rasulullah hamma ba'da ibadullah inni musikum wa nafsi iyaaya bi taqwallah inna allahu wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala al-nabi يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى سيدنا محمد كما صليت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى سيدنا محمد كما باركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد ورضي الله تعالى سادة خلف الرشدين أبي بكر وعمر ثمان وعلي وجميع سادة الصحابة الكرام أهل بيت Sulilad Mutaharim and Rajas who are Alayna Ma'am of him, Verahmatika, Yarham Rahimin, Allah Mugfilid Mumin Uminat, Al Muslimin, Owen Muslimat, Alahia, Minhumanamat, Ya Uwilid Owadin, Waya Akhirid Akhirin, Waya del Goatin Matin, Waya Rahim in the Saki, Waya Arham Rahimin, and Jesna Rahmatamin Indica Ness Ado behalf it Dunya with Akhara. Rabbana at Nifid Dunya Hassanatin, Wafel Akhirati Hassanatin, Wakina Adab and Nor. 
آواكم الله نصركم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروا على نعم يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر